Thank you for listening to the Convergence House of Prayer podcast. Please enjoy this message by Pastor Greg Seamus. Well, you guys ready? I just want to say thank you to Brent Locker. He was here last week. Talked about the Father Heart of God. And uh, I was uh, actually in Philadelphia last week. I was at a, something called an A school. And um, when Wendy and I had the privilege of going to the Philippines four times, I don't know, four times in 10 months, it was kind of crazy. Um, one of the things that we saw that was so transformational was um, that they were, they were these, all these pastors and leaders and business people have gone to these A schools and B schools. I, I understand in like in New Zealand, they don't have, the, the, the ministry comes out of New Zealand and they don't have, uh, they don't have, they don't have really cool names. They call things like first mountain, second mountain, third mountain, you know, like I learned that this week. So when they came, when it comes to their schools, it's A school and B school. So that's what it is, A school and B school. And it really is all about the, um, the Father Heart of God, a revelation of the Father Heart of God. And, uh, and one of the things that they said, kind of as a foundation, is that it's the Father Heart is kind of like, uh, you know, in, a, in, a, on a, in church, there's usually a lot of books in church we can grab on, you know, I don't know, uh, the fruits of the Spirit, and all these things are on a bookshelf. But the, understanding the revelation of the Father Heart is the bookshelf. Um, and so, thank you. My trusty 1984 NIV. Praise God. Anyone have an NIV 1984? Oh, you guys are my friends. Um, I don't mind the later ones, but anyway, I still like 1984. So they have, a, they, have these two, they have these two schools, A and B, and they're a week long, and it's like 50 hours of teaching. And so uh, I felt like we should go. That I should go. Well, we should go. But when he couldn't go this week, I did. And so uh, I got so filled up, I can't wait to spill out. And, um, and so hopefully we'll get, you know, as the Lord releases that. Because it has to work in me, right? And then, and then, um, and then I can release it out. I feel like the Lord's doing that. So the, the first one is all about understanding who the Father is. And then we're, in a, we're in a new day. We're actually not in a, we're, it's, it's a new, it's a new day because it's today, but the Lord is opening up this revelation of the father, um, God is, God is father. And what was so interesting to me is that one of the things that was so confirmational for me to go to the school was that, uh, this place in New Zealand has kind of been the hub of, um, major revival movements. And so what we saw, if you're old enough to remember Toronto, how many are old enough to remember Toronto? Um, Toronto was heavily influenced by what these guys, the Lord was given these guys. So John Arnott, their mission statement um, for the Toronto, it was actually a vineyard church back then, but Toronto Airport, was receiving God's love and giving it away. And that went global. And we're still feeling the effects of that. I remember 1995, uh, that dates me, but 1995, Wendy and I called um, Bill and Benny and said, because they just came back from Toronto, and they, <clears throat> we asked him, we said, should we go to Toronto? I mean, has, is it, was it that life-changing? And he says, go to Toronto. 
and receive from the Lord. And so really felt like um, after, man, after 20 years, you know, the Lord just takes you on journeys, right? So we just received. So, so that, was, that was A school, and then um, B school is about sonship. So basically, after you receive the revelation of the Father's heart, then how do you live it out? How do you live that out as son and daughter? And so that's going to be very foundational. That's our, actually our first module in our school of ministry, which is starting in September. And we're hoping we can, we want, we want to kick every module off with a conference. So we're hoping we can put all that together um, for the first module of the school of ministry. So maybe fly these guys in from New Zealand and then see what God does. So anyway, exciting stuff. It's good stuff, right? You guys get excited about that? Yeah? Uh, all right. Well, good. Um, so I want us to take our Bibles and... How many still have paper? All right. Um, last time I, we were using the countdown clock, the, the, beep, the buzzer went off um, at, at a certain time. I hopefully we, we, you know, remedied that, and you're not going to hear the bubber, the bubber, the buzzer. <laughs> I'm tired. I came in last night at 11 o'clock. Um, oh, I could tell you all kinds of jokes about that, but I'm, I'm going to spare you. Um, so anyway, I want to I want to wrap up this this whole thing about giving, and we we st- I think we kicked off this this thing uh, with the the financial conference that we had with Jim Baker. How many of you guys were at that? Put your hand up, which was really great. Um, and then I kind of felt like the Lord wanted me to go ahead and kind of kind of piggyback on that. And then we've had and I haven't been up here for a couple weeks because we had. Brent Locker, and the week before that, we had our guest from San Diego. And so I feel like the Lord just want to kind of tie this together um, on the idea of giving. I, I just want to say this. Um, I, I wasn't raised in the church, uh, per se, if I can use that word. I wasn't raised in the church. I wasn't. Wendy, Wendy's fifth generation um, PK, pastor's kid, and, um, and I'm like first generation, you know, like I'm the beginning of a generation for me. And I, I just took that scripture in Romans that talks about being grafted in. So I just said, okay, I'm just going to be, you know, the two shall become one flesh. And I'm going to be grafted into that inheritance and that line and that lineage. So I totally received that. No pride at all. I just received the fullness of that. Um, and just walking in, in, the, in that kind of uh, reality. So I, I was raised with... Um, parents who went to church faithfully twice a year. That was Easter and Christmas. So, I mean, I can, you can bank on it. Every Easter, I'm in church, and then every Christmas, I'm in church. So those were, we were faithful to our two days a year. And I just remember a long, long time ago, as, well, a, a long time ago, uh, not too distant past, uh, when I was, when we first got saved, I got saved when I was 16. Um, I asked our, yeah, amen. Um, okay, so <laughs> saved when I was 16. And um, I remember talking to my mom about the Lord and talking to my dad about the Lord. And I remember just being at the foot of their bed, me and my twin brother, Gary, which I'm going to try and get him here on a Sunday morning. So you'll see who, that I'm better looking than he is, actually, so... <laughs> Trying to get him on a Sunday morning. He actually lives in here in Fremont. 
But I just remember as we got saved, like we got, we got saved, saved, you know. Um, it wasn't a gradual progression. It was like our life just changed when we asked Christ into our, our hearts. I just remember sitting on, uh, at the foot of their bed and I was, we were talking to them about the Lord for our just hours. And the first thing I want to say is that I'm, I'm glad I had parents who listened. And I'm glad I had parents who actually said that I, I wanted them to get saved. And who knows if they have or if they ever did receive the Lord. But they, at least they didn't stop us from not serving the Lord. Does that make sense? So they, at least they gave us permission to follow the Lord. And so, um, so we did. But I remember my mom telling me, you know, don't give any money. God's not broke. You know, um, just kind of this mentality of that we gave to the church and not to the Lord. Never understanding that when I give to the Lord, I actually, I actually receive multiple benefits um, in, in the context of Scripture and that giving to the Lord is really stepping out of the batter's box and jogging the first base in our Christian faith. But I was raised with this, this understanding that, um, and that was hard for me to break. So when I got saved, I, I might have threw a couple bucks in, you know, that I might have spent on baseball cards or something. I would give that to the Lord. I remember when my sister was really, uh, I have a sister, I'll say that. I have a sister. She's three years older than me. But she was really, um, I, I don't remember much except that she would be out all night. She, she'd be, I think she partied a lot. I just remember there was lots of arguments uh, late at night, two, two in the morning, three in the morning. Mom and dad were pacing. There was no cell phones then. There was no, there was no way of communicating. There was no way of reaching her. She just wouldn't come in and I remember my brother would just come in my room and he would just lay down on the floor next to me. And he says, can I just come in here? Because there was so much, um, there was so much strife in those years. But I remember my mom saying to me, I promised the Lord, I promised God um, that I would give him $100 if he would just um, change my daughter's behavior. Now, that was her reach to the Lord. But really, you can just pray that, and that's on the Father's heart to reach your daughter and my sister. But she felt like if I can just give God money, that God would do something in return. You know, God's not a, you know, the Father's not a business partner, He's a Father. Oh, I'm trying to curb everything I kind of received, you know, but, um, and so we have to look at, we have to look at that when we talk about giving, it's not a business transaction. It's a relational choice. When we talk about giving and we're talking about, let's say the tithe or the offering, I always felt like, um, as a pastor, I, I feel it's like it's a privilege for me to talk about it because I've seen how the Lord has been faithful in my own life. 
And um, I never quite understood why pastors are, always feel like they, they can't or they shouldn't or to, should never be. I love what I think I love the early years of Bethel um, Church in Reading. When they did the offering, everyone clapped. When the tithe and offering went around, everyone clapped. Everyone rejoiced as a way of a prophetic act to get rid of the stuff that might be harbored in there. And, and I would have to say this too. I, I do apologize for the senior pastors and for the, the, the men and women who've taken advantage of people and um, that they've asked them to sow a seed for $19 or buy, you know, do this and you'll get that return. And, you know, they've, they've commercialized it. And I'm not here to judge any man's heart. I'm just saying that there's a high court in heaven that all of us are going to have to stand in front of at one point with the, the, uh, the things that we've said in the motivations of our own heart. And, uh, but that was, that's never in the Father's heart to, he wants to bless. And I discovered that, um, that when, I, when I give to the Lord, when I give to the Lord, I, I, I'm lending to the Lord. I'm, I'm, I know that there's going to be a window of heaven that's going to open up over me, and I want to keep that window open. It talks about that in Malachi, right? And we won't go there today, but it talks about that in Malachi where when we, when we give the Lord our tithe and offering that, that there's an open heaven. In fact, if you read it, uh, just, just read it, not even going super deep into it, but it's the yearning of the Father's heart to bless you. And, and he never wants to, he, he doesn't want us. He can't steal from you. He's not there to make you miserable, but he does want to bless you. In a lot of ways, um, but by me giving, I actually determine my own income. And what does that mean? I heard a couple, hmm? You know, I heard a hmm? Um, hmm. Maybe it was more like that. Hmm. Um. And so, in my own little quest, you know, here I am, you know, 22 years old, and I'm in Bible college, and um, I don't know how this professor got on tithes and offerings, but I felt like the Lord just, oh, there was a seminar, it was a seminar, seminar, I'm in Bible college, so I'm going to be a minister, I'm not tithing. Awesome. <laughs> Probably something I need to be doing. This is before I met Wendy. I just want you to know. So, <clears throat> so he, he, he issued me a challenge. He issued the class a challenge. Because it says in Malachi to test God. And if you study scripture, it's the only place where he says test me. The only place he says test me is with our finances. So I did. Now, no one paid for my college education. I did. I had to raise my own money. I had to, you know, all that. Probably a lot of people here done the same. Yes, I got student loans. I didn't know any better. And, but two months later, half my room and board was paid for and half my tuition was paid for. Now I'm, not that amazing? I don't know. About how, but when you're 21 years old and you got to pick for your own college education 
and you're living on campus and you get all that cut in half, you run around the campus around seven times thanking God for the provision that just came. But the provision came as I was obedient. So the provision didn't come and then I became obedient. The provision came after I was obedient. Does that make sense? Because that's, we talked about ecclesia, right? We talked about the keys of heaven and that God has given us kingdom keys. So that's a key to unlock provision in your own life is when you give to the Lord. Now you notice, I'm saying like, um, you know, different people say give to this minute. I'm talking about giving to the Lord. Does that make sense? So um, I want to leave you with three thoughts in conclusion. <laughs> Can I just leave you three quick points? Because I'm going to bring the worship team up here in about three or four minutes. Hey, Jordan, I talked about the goodness of God. And I'm, re- I'm ready to go country. I know. I, I already told I told See, see how excited he is? This last year, country music has grown on this kid, and I, I've decided something happened in the discipleship process. It's just... So three thoughts. Number one, we need to shift our thinking from ownership to stewardship. So a steward is someone entrusted with another's wealth or property and charged with the responsibilities of managing it to the owner's best interests. There's nowhere in scripture where the Lord says you own when it comes to money. We steward. So that, what does that mean? That means your car is his. <laughs> but I'll say my car all the time, but I'm just saying... It's his house, your income. It's his. Now, you gotta, if you don't have the framework, the underneath foundation that God is good, if you don't have an, an understanding that we have a good father who wants, to, who wants to bless us in every area of life, Money then is just a tool that the Lord has given us to use. And, he's, and if I use it wisely as a steward, then he actually, there's more that comes from him than money as I steward his resources. So the, the paycheck that I get every two weeks is his money, not mine. So a good thing to do is to say, what do you want me to do with the increase you've given me? That's lordship. That's trust. That's believing. The big pillar in the church so often is, well, I already went ahead and shared kind of a quick apology, and that is a lack of trust in the body, let's just say, but I think most of it is fear. And the Lord has been talking to me a lot in the last month about belief. And 
I want to try and work things out. I don't know about you, but I want to try and work situations out. And the Lord has stopped me and says, would you just believe and have faith? Now, I'm not just throwing those words out because you could. Brother, just believe. Brother. I'm talking about this, this, uh, it's another level of believing. I don't know how else to explain it. It's this other level that the Lord's taken me in where he's showing me something, some things about how I do things, why I do things, and he's pushing me, he's not pushing me, he's pulling me back and you say, and just saying, would you just, just simply believe? One thing I find out when I believe, I worry far less. When I believe, I don't have as much stress. I'm shifting, I'm shifting my emotion, or I, I don't know how else to say it, I'm shifting my focus away from this and onto the Lord. And I'm finding rest. And I think a lot better in a place of rest. Rest is always better than stress. Always. So how do I believe? Well, you can decide to believe. But I like what it says in Scripture. I believe, help my unbelief. So how do I believe? I have to ask the Lord to give me the faith to believe. Simple, isn't it? I'm having a hard time believing. Lord, please give me the faith to believe. It has to come from heaven. So often I want to stir it up. Instead of just acknowledging it, asking the Lord, letting him know that I'm lacking this area. This area right here is lacking something. It's called faith. I need faith. Give me faith. Does that make sense? What does that mean for you? Well, in the area of provision, we want to, sometimes we find ourselves working so hard, we begin striving. We're anxious. We're worried instead of simply going to the Father and asking him for help and asking him for the tools and the resources. Like, for instance, I know what the word says. I have a hard time with that. But I, know, I want to do what's right. I want an open heaven over me. I want it over my family. I want it for generations. But I'm worried. Give me faith to believe. I believe that, I believe. There, there is a supernatural deposit God can give you that goes beyond all understanding. I don't know if you ever experienced that. In the natural, it looks like this, but there's something here. You're confident. You know what? That's treasure. That's what the world does not have. Those are the true riches. And so often in a revival culture, we pursue the true, we, we, we want to pursue the true riches, and the Lord's talking to us about our natural riches.
And it's, it's, it's interesting how the Lord has made these, these connections between the natural riches and the true riches. Why did, and stewarding what's in the natural that prepares us to steward what's in the supernatural. But so often we're, so, we're fearful here, we're anxious here, but we desire this. And the Lord keeps bringing us back to, help me, there's, got, there's a connection here because once you are promoted here, there's something you've learned here that actually prepares you for the promotion here. And if I steward his resources on earth, I'll be able to steward his resources from heaven. And I don't know, I don't know what that all means, except that, that this is the training ground. And I would, I, would, I would also say that this is the training ground for all eternity. Because we're going to rule and reign with the Lord. So we can't be short-sighted. Like I understand the pressure. We can't be short-sighted with the natural resources that actually inhibits us from the supernatural resources which actually might hinder us for all eternity. So we're stewards. The other thing, the second point, I did that pretty quickly. Yeah? Second thing is we need to shift our living from getting to giving. You know, John 10.10 says, the thief comes only to steal, kill and destroy, but I have come to give you life and that more. What's the promise? Why don't you just ask the Lord to give you the faith to actually believe that? If his promise is abundance, I mean, I'm not talking about a prosperity gospel. I'm talking about abundant life. I'm talking about the inner life as well as the external life. Which I don't have time to develop that. Luke 6, 37 and 38 says, Judge not and you shall not be judged. Condemn not and you shall not be condemned. That's not my... Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. Give and it will be... Let's say it together. Give and it will be given to you. Those are words in red. Just to let you know. Good measure. Press down. Shaken together. Running over. Will be put into your laps. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. What does that mean, like good measure, pressed down, shaken together, you know, all, all that stuff? Well, back then, there was a fold in the robe of a person that actually created a pouch. And so what he's saying is that when you give, you'll be given to you, that pouch will be full and running over. That means you're living in this place of abundance. It's the provision of the Lord. But I also want you to see here 
For the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Wow. That's something to think about for a moment. For the same measure that you use, it will be given back to you in the context of giving. Well, what does that mean? That means that the measure that I use, what I give to the Lord, will be measured back to me. So I have this little illustration. Jim Baker did it, but I did it 10 years ago. Do it again. Here we go. All right. They actually went to Home Depot and got this shovel. Think of it as a snow shovel. But this is a shovel, right? And this is a spoon. And I'm going to put this right down here. And there's, there's no chair. Maybe someone can bring a chair up. Andrew, can you grab a chair? Right there in the corner. All right, here we're going we're gonna, to, we're just going to have fun with this. Impromptu illustration. Right? So here I am. Here I am. Okay, what does Malachi, hi. What does Malachi 4.6 say? Say it, 4.6. Or that passage, Malachi chapter 4. Talks about an open heaven. Talks about testing me and proving me, right? Okay, so the offering, you know, bucket or whatever we have these days. You take your iPhone out, right? This is your offering bucket, right? Okay. So it goes around, and it goes to you, and you just pass it on. All right? Sorry, my... For the same measure that you use, it'll be measured back to you. So there goes the offering bucket. You're like, can't afford it. Can't do it. What's the measure back to you? Same. Offering bucket goes around. You get your spoon. You put it in. When you petition the Lord, the same measure will be measured back to you. What is the measurement? Spoon. Now, if you have the faith for it, believe that he's a good father. When the offering bucket goes around, you say, hey, stop for a second. He opens it up. You're like this. Hey. You're like this. One more. You're like this. What does the word say? For the same measure that you use, it's measured back to you. So what does heaven say? I say heaven says, let's give him six in return because he's so generous. Not only that, he's been so faithful here, let's give him more in the supernatural because I know his heart here. I can entrust him with the true riches. I'm not talking about buying God anything. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about just basic kingdom dynamics. There's something about the heart here in the natural that prepares me, prepares my heart to operate in the supernatural. 
And he's, he's, he's so good. He's so generous. I don't know. He's so good. He's so generous. Like, he might even say, hey, you know, he gave a spoon. Let's give him, like, I don't know. Let's give him a little, like, a four or five spoons back just because we're, he's so good. What's the point? The point is, for with the same measure that you use, it's measured back to you. I like, I like what, I don't know who said this. So who chooses your income? I thought that was an interesting question. And that's a challenge for us. So I'm, gonna, I'm skipping a bunch of stuff, but let me just go ahead and read a couple, read a couple stories and then I'll, I'm done. Does this make sense? Okay. The prince came riding in and saw a beggar on the street with a bowl of rice, got off his camel to help the beggar. The beggar asked for money. The prince said, may I have some of your rice? He gave him three pieces of rice, and the prince reached into his bag and gave him three coins. The lesson is the standard I set is the standard he uses to give to me. Um, I know some people in my family, the one I'm grafted into, and they, they look at their budget every year and they determine not how much they receive, but how much can they give. So, Lord, I want to increase my giving by 2%. Can you match my income supernaturally by 2%? Because there's all kinds of streams of receiving income. I like what Bill says. He says 10% is just paying rent. Just giving God his rent money. It's kind of an interesting concept. A missionary, and I want to go back into the faithfulness and the goodness of God. Psalm 126, 5 and 6 says, Those who sow in tears will reap with songs of joy. He who gives out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with him. New Living Translation says, Those who plant in tears will harvest with shouts of joy. They weep as they go to plant their seed but they sing as they return with the harvest. A missionary describes this verse like this. A famine would hit the land. The crop harvested was little as they gathered the grain. The missionary watched as the mother fed her children the little she had and kept a portion from the kids and had to go out and plant the seed that would feed her children. She knew that if there was no seed planted back into the ground, there would be no harvest. So the woman would go out and plant the seed with tears. The seed is for the future. And so, you know, we've been, Wendy and I have been in this for 33 years. We've been married 33 years, 34 years. 
whatever. Um, but if you have time, if you're a younger person, you have time and you see some gray hair around this place. And if you're bold enough and the Holy Spirit leads you, just ask them a question like this. Can you tell me about the faithfulness of God? Be prepared to sit down for at least a half an hour to an hour. And they'll tell you. Don't let fear keep you. Well, I don't have enough. How can, you, how can we say that? Just talk to the Holy Spirit. I'd rather have God for me in my finances than not have God involved at all. The Lord can do far more with my 90 than my 100. You understand? My 90 with him is far better than my 100% without him. Do you know that when you give your 10, that you're actually partnering with the Lord, the creator of the universe with your 90? And we haven't even talked about the offering yet, like offering, ties in offering. Can you imagine? So the enemy wants to keep you from that. I really believe that. I'm not there to scare anybody. I'm just being truthful. He wants, to, he wants, to, he wants us to, to go inward and not trust. And I do believe that the Lord could do so much. He has done so much with our 90 or, or, and more than, he, than I could have ever done with my 100. Because he's the Lord. And he's good. He's a good father. So I have this one little picture and we're going to go into this song. And uh, I was thinking about this during worship. And I saw this years ago. It's probably not even going to be a good picture. Um, and you might have seen this picture as soon as this picture comes on the screen. So the Lord asks and re- requires things from us. And he asks us to trust him. I think I says, then the girl's holding it. I don't know why it's a blue bear. That's the, only, that's the best one with the resolution. The girl likes blue. The other ones I've seen pictures of, it's pink or whatever, you know. Doesn't matter. But she says, but I love it, God. And he says, just trust me. Not letting her see what's behind him. That's the provision for you and for me. Well, how, how do I begin? You might want to, well, to me, I'm, I'm like all or nothing kind of guy. I'm just like, psh, I, write, I just write the check. That's the first thing I do. Trust God with the rest. Because that's how I'm wired. It's like, if I can't trust you with this, how can I trust you with heaven? I mean, that's how I think. Well, for you, it might not be like that. It might be, let's give the Lord 5%. Start there. Let's see what he could do with my, you know, whatever. 95. It's all. You're just stewarding it anyway. 
So it's all his anyway. But he does want to bless you. You know, someone said, um, someone had a great definition of prosperity. I think it was Jim. I wrote it down and I typed it in and I want to share it with you. Prosperity is this. I want you to consider these thoughts. Let me just submit it to you. You have no financial debt and you have more than enough money to fulfill every divine assignment God has for you and enough left over to help others fulfill theirs. It's not about heaping on yourself. It's about having money left over to start an orphanage. It's having money left over to stop and take care of people involved in trafficking, sexual trafficking issue, abuse issue. So that's the, the, the place to that that all needs to originate is from the house of the Lord, God's people. And the Lord wants us to free us into that place. So whatever your design, your divine assignment is, the Lord wants to provide for you to cover all that because you're an ambassador. And then have money enough to help others. Wouldn't that be a great place? That'd be a great place. Amen. Well, let's stand. And then I want you guys to kind of transition. I'm a little late. But I want you guys to transition to this song. And Chris is going to do a little countryness. Um, but I, I, I just felt like I wanted, to, I wanted to end with this. Because it says, the chorus says this. All my life, you've been faithful. All my life, you've been so, so good. With every breath that I'm able, I sing of the goodness of God. I will sing of the goodness of God. And then, I love the the bridge. It says, your goodness is running after. It's running after me. Your goodness is running after. It's running after me. Now, here's the key to that. Here's the key to that bridge. It's the next line. With my life laid down, I'm surrendered. Now I give you everything. You get it? He's good all the time, but his goodness runs after us, runs after a life that's laid down, and everything is his. Wow. All right, I'm going to enjoy it. I want you all to sing it. I hope the words come on the screen for you. Do we have the words too?
You know what? I just want to encourage you. If you want to come down and just I've sing that to the Lord, you're welcome to just come and fill these altars. I've known you as just as a step of faith, saying, I trust the goodness of God, the faithfulness of the Lord. The and let's just turn it into a worship encounter.
Take a moment, just lift your voices and just begin to thank him for his goodness. Just reflect on the goodness of the Lord in your life. Just reflect on his kindness. Reflect on his goodness. If you look for it, you'll find it. You'll find it everywhere if you look for it. You're breathing the air. You're physically standing, you're walking. Come on, let's lift up our voices. This is not a... This is not a library right now. This is the sanctuary of the living God. This is the Holy of Holies. This is the place where we gather, we lift up our voices, Lord.
Amen to that. Wow. Wow. Yeah, they, they, they write some really good ones. Wow. Well, we do have ministry teams here. They'll minister to you. Some people are already getting drunk in the spirit. That's, um. So they'll minister to you. You know, if you have an issue, like if you're fearful, this thing needs to be broken off of you. Receive prayer for that. Receive prayer for that. Let's get our shovels out. Receive prayer for that. But be blessed. Looking forward to next week already. It's going to be good. I have no idea what I'm speaking on, but it'll be good. It'll be good. Tell the person next to you. Just let them know, I love you. Just say, I love you. If it's your spouse, it's a lot easier. I hope it's a lot easier. Maybe you can find someone, just say, I love you. You're my brother and sister in the Lord. You're my brother and sister in the Lord. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more messages like this, please subscribe and thank you for listening.